Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Beltway Blitz in just a moment. Always juicy on the Blitz after a long sports weekend. We've got the latest on the Wizards, the Capitals, and the Commanders coming up for you right here on Grant and Danny. As promised, though, all week long at 4 o'clock, we're going to be giving away a four-pack of tickets to the Capitals and the Devils on March 9th. So caller number 10 right now at 800-636-1067. You're winning those four tickets to the Caps and the Devils March 9th, 7 p.m. at Capital One Arena. Limited tickets are still available to see the game and the rest of the slate for the Caps at Capital One Arena. For more information or to purchase tickets, go to washcaps.com slash tickets, and we appreciate them giving us the four packs to give away all week at 4 o'clock. Let's kick off our Beltway Blitz. Chase Hughes, NBCSportsWashington.com. Two games, two losses for a desperate Wizards team this weekend. Chase, let's start with yesterday. They lost by 20 to a Bulls team that's about even with them in the standings. What gives? Yeah, they lost by 20, and the Bulls only scored 102 points. That's because the Wizards had a season-low 82 points. Their offense uh, was just basically non-existent. They were missing two starters, Monte Morris, their point guard, and also Kristaps Porzingis, who obviously is a very dynamic offensive player. But to have their offense falter like that uh, was obviously very disappointing and uh, pretty much inexcusable because they had plenty of players who could have stepped up and filled the void and avoided them basically putting up a a scoring total from the mid-'90s. Their three-point shots uh, just weren't falling like they have been recently. Kyle Kuzma had an off night. Uh, DeLon Wright, their starting point guard, had zero assists. He played pretty well in terms of scoring the ball, but um, basically they just could not get the offense going without Monte Morris initiating it and without Porzingis being out there uh, you know, with his, his presence, particularly on the three-point line. Chase, every time it feels like they got something going, thinking about that stretch that started, what was it, five or six straight wins, it's always been followed by a kind of a negative streak. So it feels like a step forward and then another one back. Do you think they'll ever kind of turn the corner and just kind of start playing the kind of basketball more consistently that we've seen at times from them? Well, in this particular case, it was tough timing for the All-Star break because they'd won 10 of 14 going into it and 17 of 27 going back a few months, and then they had to take a week off. So they really lost their momentum from that. Um, But that's just been kind of the story of their season. Sometimes it's been injuries. Sometimes it's just been general inconsistency. But they've been very streaky. Um, You know, they went like a six-week to two-month stretch recently where they didn't have um, a single instance of them winning a single game or losing a single game. Everything came in bunches, and that's just kind of been the season that they've had. And they're 28 and 32, pretty close to 500. They've had a few games that could have gone either way lately. So basically, they've played at a 500 pace this season. But it's just been high highs and low lows. Where every time they have a winning streak, it's followed by a losing streak. And I guess you can take solace in that that you've lost two straight. Once they get it going, they're liable to win a few in a row. Health moving forward, you mentioned that they were down some key pieces here yesterday. What do we know about whether or not they get those reinforcements back? 
Both seem to be pretty minor. Kristaps uh, Porzingis tweaked his knee in the, the loss to the Knicks on Friday night, and Monte Morris is dealing with lower back soreness. It's been something that he's had on and off over the past month or so, and he's been able to battle through it. So I don't expect him to be out long. Uh, I think that there's a chance that they play tomorrow, and, and that's the good news because those are the only injuries that the Wizards have, and they both seem to be pretty minor. Five of the next, no, excuse me, I guess six of the next eight with a couple of games against Detroit mixed in there, Chase, are against teams ahead of them in the standings, including ones they're fighting for positioning with. Pretty pivotal stretch here for the Wizards coming up. Yeah, I mean, it really started a couple of games ago, and so far they haven't been able to capitalize because they went up against the Knicks, who are sixth in the conference. They could have gained some ground. They lost that one. And then they went up against the Bulls, who were right next to them in the play-in tournament race, and they lost that one. So it is an opportunity, but also a situation where if you lose those games, it, it definitely counts more than the average loss. But um, you could see that as an advantage in their schedule. And also, moving forward, they have the most home games remaining uh, in the NBA. So um, their schedule in terms of who they're facing, it's favorable. Also, uh, the home games. And also, if you look at the, the winning percentage, of the opponents they have left. It's a below average schedule in terms of uh, strength of schedule. So the, the schedule is laid out for them to pick a, uh, pick up some wins, especially in March. They're going to play a lot of home games in March. Just a matter of them taking advantage and capitalizing on it. Wiz have dropped two in a row, six of 10. Right now they're 10th in the East with the Bulls a half game behind them, who they just lost by 22. How should I define success for them based on the outcome this year now? I think if they can get into the playoffs, um, you know, it's probably going to have to be via the play-in tournament, but if they can get into the playoffs and earn a playoff series, I think they would see that as a step forward and, and maybe allow them to go into the offseason and, and try to take another step forward with a probably would have to require a trade. But it's also interesting because their first-round pick is lottery protected. So if they made the playoffs this year, they would lose their first-round pick, but that would also free up uh, draft picks in the future, in the immediate future, so they'd have a lot more flexibility with trades. So they've got – it's the John Wall first-round pick that they had to give up to Houston that's now owned by the New York Knicks, and it's caught up in protections over the next three or four years. Um, so technically the best-case scenario would be in, like, 2026. It would convey as two second-round picks, but you could see some benefits to them making the playoffs, freeing up those draft picks, and all of a sudden have a lot more to work with in terms of trades. Chase, you're the best, buddy. I always appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Anytime. Talk soon, my friend. Hit that capital sounder, please. Buddy Matt Wyrick, MBC Sports Worship, and the talk about those caps. They won, and then they lost a bunch, but they won that time, Matt, uh, right before the trade deadline here. Who else might be on the move this week? Yeah, they've, they've got a lot of decisions to make, no doubt. Obviously, already having moved Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway. You know, this is a team with a lot of players on expiring contracts, so there's a lot of options available to them. Pretty much their entire blue line, other than John Carlson, uh, is on an expiring deal. Even Martin Faravari, a restricted free agent after this season. They've got wingers like Connor Sheary uh, and Lars Eller, Nick Dowd, all available as well. So there's certainly a lot of different ways this deadline can go, and I don't think GM Brian McClellan has ruled anything out just yet. When you look at the return, three picks over three years in the Hathaway-Orlov deal, what do you think? Honestly, I, I think it's a coup just to get a first-round pick. I mean, me 
coming from a baseball background, having covered the Nationals the last couple of years, I was shocked that they were able to get a first-round pick in return for a couple of rentals. That's certainly not something that we've seen happen in baseball over the last few years, but it does seem to be the going rate here uh, for a player like Orlov's caliber. I think he's one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL, so certainly to get a first-round pick back for him, I think that's a huge deal for this Capitals team, and it gives them flexibility. They have two first-round picks now, uh, and if they are going to retool on the fly and try to continue to build around Ovechkin, Backstrom, and company, you know, that extra first-rounder could go a long way in making some kind of deal, whether it be at the deadline or in this offseason. Matt, these are human beings. I kind of forget about that sometimes. As, as players are traded and, and you're in the midst of a really disappointing season, what's the mood like for these guys? This is a veteran group that that you know probably doesn't feel like they should be you know, in the 10th or 11th or 12th spot uh, in the Eastern Conference getting pieces traded away. What, what are the, what's, what's kind of the vibe now of the, of the squad? Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of frustration, a, a lot of anger. Guys are pissed off. I mean, you know, this is not the result that they thought they were going to have coming in this year. There were a lot of good vibes around this team uh, back in training camp, and now they just aren't getting the results. I mean, they felt like over the last couple of weeks they have played well enough to win a lot of the games. They just haven't come out on top, and ultimately that's kind of buried them in the standings to the point where they're only three points out of a playoff spot right now, but with all the teams that are in between them, their, their playoff odds are long, so... You know, having a, it's a tough pill to swallow. A guy like Orlov being traded, someone who's been around this organization for a decade plus, including the Stanley Cup champion season. Garnet Hathaway was a big guy in the clubhouse, big guy in the community, someone who's been a, a really valuable player, especially in terms of hits over the last few seasons. To see those guys go, I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow. And certainly they've tried to rally and, and try to say we have the, this group in the room that can get it done. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is a roster that has had a ton of injuries this season. It's a veteran group. And, you know, they're, they're really trying to find a way to win on the fly. I felt like there's a bit of a disconnect between McClellan and LaViolette for a little while here where you're clearing space, ideally, to play some of your prospects down the stretch. And yet guys like Alexiev can't get on the ice because Matt Irwin or, or Dylan McElrath are playing over him. What am I missing? I mean, isn't part of the plan here to play some of these first-round picks to see if they're actually any good? And is LaViolette going to get on board with that? No, I think it's something that we're going to have to see what they do at the deadline and, and how this evolves over these next couple of weeks. You know, they're obviously trying to win every single hockey game that they go out there. And, and Peter Laviolette, you know, a guy who, who has a lot of trust in veterans, you know, they bring in Craig Smith, the guy who has played for him in years past. He has some trust there. So, you know, I think that McCl- or, sorry, Laviolette trusts these guys, hopes that they can put things together and is still trying to win every game, you know as we see what they do at the deadline and, and maybe they shift towards a younger focus from there, you know, we could see some other decisions. But for right now, Laviolette is trying to put the best group together that he thinks can win every single game uh, and not necessarily taking maybe the longer view in mind. Matt, thank you, buddy. Have a great week. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. See you, my friend. Hit that commander center, please. Yeah, man, there's somebody. Michael Phillips, Richmond Times Dispatch. Talk about those commanders. I want some ownership stuff in a second here, Michael. But the news, Carson Wentz released. Not a surprise, but it kind of brings a very whisper-quiet end to a lot of, uh, you know, to the saga that had a very loud beginning. Uh, you know, I, I think this was obviously a given ever since he was essentially booed off the field in his last game in Washington. Uh, they'll save the salary cap money. This closes the door on a uh, – Pretty disappointing chapter that I think we all saw coming and then watched happening in real time. Uh, but hopefully it will serve as a cautionary tale. And as cautionary tales go, it, it really wasn't all that expensive in the end. You know, the, it, there was the cost of pain and agony as we, we watched another season go down the drain. But uh, 
Uh, from a financial standpoint, there's no money in the future. There's no future obligations. Uh, that's about the most you can hope for in this situation. Never forget the two third-round picks, though, my friend. Uh, and the fact well, that the Colts were about to release Carson Wentz anyway and, and that $28 million wouldn't have been necessary. But your point is well taken, and it's kind of why at the time, while I, I didn't love it, I, I didn't despise it, worst-case scenario, it's a bad one-year deal and you're out of it, and it's a get-out-of-jail-free card moving forward. Should we hold this against this group as it pertains to picking the next quarterback, though? Like Part of the reason I'm cool with Sam Howell is because I don't want them drafting someone. I don't trust them. I don't want them picking another veteran. I don't trust them. They've gotten quarterback wrong a bunch since they got here. Yeah, you know, I, I'd say it's more the process than the, than the particular pick. It just seems like these guys are always following whatever won the Super Bowl, whatever the trend is. You know, Matt Stafford leaves to go to L.A., they win a Super Bowl. Ah, you got to go get a veteran quarterback. Um, you know, you see a lot of success with guys on rookie deals this year. Ah, we need a guy on a rookie deal. That's why they're going with Hal. I, you know, I, I'd love for them to blaze the trail instead of following the trail one of these days. Um, but I, I do agree with you that, that going down the Hal road is, is the path to least damage and, and resetting the roster and putting it in a good place. And uh, I'll be very curious uh, whether Eric Bieniemy being the offensive coordinator means a little bit of an enhanced pull. I, I think that it's not a reach to suggest that, you know, if you're a free agent and you're looking at places to go, as crazy as it sounds, this is kind of an appealing option. you got a guy in Sam Howell who's unproven, and that's not to say he'll get benched or he won't be good, but, but the possibility's there. You've got a really good coach in Eric Bieniemy, who I think people are really excited about, um, you know, and you've got a lot of skill weapons in the receivers and the running backs here. Uh, you know, we won't talk about the offensive line, but I, I think there's a lot of positives. Uh, I'll be curious if that means maybe they get get a little higher caliber guy than they could have otherwise. Michael, I'm going to tap into both your skill sets here as a Richmond, Virginia guy who's plugged into the ways of the Commonwealth and also a commander's reporter. All right. What, let's say for the sake of argument, some of these le- recent reports are true and Dan is pondering not selling and he just sort of keeps his ball and he just kind of keeps going forward. Do you think there's any chance that the state of Virginia would play ball if they had the sense that Dan was going to be there long-term when it comes to a stadium? Or is it just not going to happen with him? Because the, the, the not happening with him happened because they thought he was on his way out or because it was him, and might they play ball long-term if they felt like he was going to be there? Yeah, so, so to untangle the whole thing, you point out that Virginia didn't do a stadium deal because it was with Dan. You know, that, that was why it fell apart last year, and that was correct. If they had done that stadium deal, he'd still be the de facto owner of the team moving forward. Now, there, there's a little bit of a fight in the Virginia legislature right now over whether or not to play ball with the organization. And the, the argument for that is essentially, hey, we need to get on the ground floor now because somebody's going to buy this team and they're going to be red hot all of a sudden. They might not pick Virginia. They might pick D.C. They might pick Maryland. If we stop moving now, it will be hard to get back to our place as the clubhouse leader here. I'm actually sympathetic to that. On the other side of that, you've got the argument like we cannot do anything that would possibly hint at the fact that we're okay with him staying. We can't do it. Um, I think ultimately it will be a fresh stadium search for the new owner. To to the earlier point about the reports, there's no way he's not selling. He, He gets to pick whether he wants to go voluntarily involuntarily or by running out of money those are the three options at this point because the nfl is just tired of watching this market slip away now obviously he can make this last a long time that would be very unpleasant uh you know certainly everybody hopes he chooses to do this quickly get it wrapped up before the next league year starts 
he could drag it out for, for several years if he wanted to. Uh, but there's no scenario where he doesn't ultimately end up relinquishing the team. Michael Phillips, Richmond Times Dispatch. So you kind of just answered this, but I, I want to kind of pull the helicopter up to 10,000 feet for a moment. I mean, what did you make of all of the back and forth of the last 24 hours with dueling reports and Bezos is out, but no, maybe Bezos is still in and, you know, people, and, and we're as guilty as anyone. We're going from one minute celebrating and high five and that this thing could end soon to the next worrying that maybe this is never going to end. Like, what's your take on how all this is going right now? I take this reporting as a sign that it is going to end soon. I, I think you can go ahead and, and stick with your optimism and, and feel good about that. This is all about creating the highest price right now. And what we've heard throughout this process is, look, you know, there's a lot of bidders here. There's a lot of people at the table, and they're all scared of committing with Jeff Bezos still in the picture. And you think about it, it's expensive to do this. It's expensive to line up the lawyers and do site visits and draw up contracts and get accountants to, to sort through everything and, and deal with the NFL and deal with banks. Like, you know, why would you put yourself through an expensive and time-consuming process, you know, you're trying to divest yourself of stocks so that you can be liquid enough to buy. You're trying to line up partners who you think you can get along with. Like, you know, this is a full-time gig for the people interested in the team. And if they think that at the end of that, Jeff Bezos is going to come in, add a zero to whatever they say, and then walk off with the team, they don't want to do that. And so that that's kept the price low, which, by the way, if you're Jeff Bezos, is exactly where you would want the price. You would want to keep the price as low as possible when you swoop in. So everybody's got an interest. Everybody's playing their game here. Uh, I would tune it out and, and just focus on the big picture, which is things are definitely happening here. Michael, thank you as always, buddy. Have a great week. Take care, guys. Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch on Grant and Danny. Should we hold the judgment that led to Carson Wentz against this regime? I am of the belief that I trust them less and actually am more pro sticking with Hal because I don't want them doing that again. I want no commitments. <laughs> I, I need no more picks given up, no more long contracts to veterans, no young quarterbacks that another group might be saddled with. I just I want them removed from picking another quarterback for the most part is how I feel. What about you guys? Is that reasonable, or do you think that's overreacting to how the Wentz season went? 800-636-1067. Plus, as soon as we get back, the Eagles have apparently proposed a rule change. I've been calling for this in the NFL for years, and it's not the reviewing of the roughing the passer we talked about earlier. I think it'd be a better change than that even. We'll get to that as soon as we're back on Grant and Danny. To quote my guy, Marty Schottenheimer, there is a gleam, friends. There is a gleam. Welcome back, G&D on the fan. What am I talking about, you ask? Well, for those of you who have been enjoying the XFL like I have been and the D.C. Defenders, who, by the way, Danny, 2-0. They won this weekend? They did. I'm honest. Got a win. They were playing uh, in the rain out west. Got themselves a dub. They will come back to Audi Field for a weekend game in D.C. to try to get to 3-0 and this weekend. Quick take on their, on that Vegas stadium situation. What do you think? Uh, it's small, which I like for the XFL. It is in no way built for football, from what I could gather. It looked like we thought it was a baseball diamond. It, it really, it's actually for, like, uh, riding bulls or something. 
I thought it was a minor. Uh, so it's not a minor league it's baseball, a stadium. baseball stadium. It's become minor league baseball. Oh, it was okay. originally built for. What do they do out there? Where with bulls and and uh, rodeo, rodeo maybe or, or another mm-hmm. word like that. I don't yeah. know. I think they try to, to ride bulls and throw ropes at other bulls or something. But mm-hmm. while that is not for me, it seemed like the sight lines were weird. But the in general, I think ballparks and football stadiums they don't go great together. I think what's important, like Audi Field, is perfect. Most cities don't have that. If you've got a soccer stadium that's around twenty thousand seats, you're a perfect home for an XFL team. Did you like it? You asked because you liked it or you didn't? No, I, I thought it looked really bad, honestly. Yeah. It it gave for bad TV angles. Um, the TV and, angles stunk. But yeah. again, these broadcasts have not, I just don't think they've been impressive. Like the broadcasters themselves continue to annoy me. Yeah, yeah. The dude who was on our call was pretty nubby. But um, yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. The And the field itself, the conditions of the field weren't great. The rain and the wind obviously didn't help. But no. yeah, I just didn't think it was a good situation. Wasn't a good look for Vegas. I will say, Danny. The defenders' jerseys were dope. I know you're not a jerseys guy, right? I'm, I'm saying a lot of things right now you don't care about. No, no, XFL I'm, defenders jerseys helmets, <laughs> right? All of this you're probably out on. I'm going to show you a picture in the break. You'll probably still not care. They were fire. They were really, really good. Loved them. It is amazing to me. My buddy texted me this, and he's like, "I think that the name and the jersey and the rollout and even the." Um, what was the word he used? Not culture, but like the entire the brand. Brand is brand? the word. Yeah, for the defenders is ahead of Commanders somehow. A thousand percent. Now that is that, that doesn't mean there are more fans. I'm not pretending like that. Like someone's rolling their eyes. Doesn't mean you're drawing more people. It's I'm a just better saying, brand. The brand is better. How is that yes. possible? I don't understand how I, that's possible. I, I, this is going to sound condescending. I don't mean it to be. It's very simple to me. Commanders is a terrible name. It's a terrible brand. You're working uphill. Defenders works. DC Defenders. It rolls off but the tongue. But they both sound like they are XFL names. They both sound kind yes. of nubby, to be honest. It, yeah. But why one of them plays, and I don't really understand why. Because a def- everyone gets exactly what a defender is. Every, everyone, it, look, what what are you commanding? Are you are you in a military branch? Are you not? Are you are you are you in charge of like a squad, a platoon? Or, who are you commanding? Who's being commanded? Do I have to do anything? Defenders makes perfect sense. It just works. It's just a, a, a big old shield. You're defending. I got a shield. I'm defending. Easy, simple. It's it works. It's quick. It's yeah. it just it, it's like a nice, simple thing to be able to say. So you don't and think that's a hot take? It's or not crazy. hot take at all, Grant. I, I told my I, wife that. I'm like, my buddy just texted me this, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm not gonna go hard in the paint with this. This is true. Go incredibly hard in the paint. This is Don't, a better brand. Mac McClung on everybody. Commanders terrible brand. Awful name, pathetic, ridiculous, no. uphill climb. Yes. All of it is bad. Everything about it's bad. But pathetic. I pathetic. mean, you're, you're being over the top. I mean, correct. It's pathetic. Major it's just, Tutty is silly. I'm sure. I'm sure Major Tutty. Because nothing says commander like Major Tutty. Again, just disassociated things. Just throwing darts at a board, hoping to, hoping to hit a target. Remember, this is still my favorite tweet of the year. Uh-huh. There was this dude who was like at the Browns game when they lost. They needed to win to make the playoffs. They laid a complete egg. Wentz is still throwing picks. Mm-hmm. Somehow got it cut, but he's also still throwing picks. I'm not sure how that all happens. He still today. is. But we like. I think Darius or Ryan sent us this tweet from some guy in the crowd where he's like, "You know, I came here thinking we were going to make the playoffs. Now we're down ten to the Browns, and I got to see this fat ass." <laughs> and it was like a picture of Major, <laughs> Major Tutty, Tutty down on the field, just trying his best. And he was just like making fun of me. You know, like they, it's a pillow in his tummy. He's not supposed to be out here muscular. He's, he's friendly. He's friendly to the kids. 
it's okay to be a little doughy as a mask guy. My kids were so fired up they for was, Major They time. were happy. But that's, yeah, that's who you're engaging with that, as, as two and three-year-olds. That's your demo for the, for the mascot. I don't know. But to me, it's very simple. Nobody wanted commanders except for the team who was trying to hide behind some sort of blanket of, of military affinity so that nobody could make fun of it and nobody could belittle them for it. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to be military without being military, well, we so they knew. picked this yeah. generic dumb name. I think a lot of us said this is military because it's safe and no one can really say anything about it. And the question was, is it going to be admirals or commanders or w- what is the term? Yeah. Brigade. But you knew that's how it was going to go because they wanted to do whatever the opposite of Redskins right. is. Right. So it's the most, but it's also the most nondescript military related thing ever. Like, a, what branch are you? Are you are you in the air? Are you on the on, underwater? Are you a frogman? Are you a, a part of a, a a group charging a hill? What are you commanding? Commander sucks, and everyone knows it, except for the people that are pretending that it doesn't. You're naive and you're kidding yourself. You just swallow whatever they give you. Defenders, very good brand, very strong, smart. Commanders, to contrast, that sucks, and no one wanted it. But in fairness, yeah. And I, now I have. I, I'm somehow defending the commanders. You're it, commanding. I am not. Take command, Grant. I, I will not take command. Hashtag it. Not really a commander's guy. My point has always been, you, Me? Danny Ruye, mm-hmm. us collectively, we're going to hate whatever the next thing is. Eventually, we're going to wake up, and we're not going to think, oh, the Redskins are the commanders. We're just going to. It's going to be the commanders. We'll yeah. have lost all feeling about it. It's not going to be a negative, vitriolic reaction. Reminds me of my scene in Swingers. I always talk about. You, you break up with a girl, you're getting advice from your buddy, and he looks at you and he says, the pain is real. It's awful. He's like, but every single day you wake up, the pain goes away a little bit more and a little bit more. And he says, one day you're going to wake up, you're not going to think about her. And when you do think about her, the pain's not going to be there anymore. And you know what's crazy? He goes, you're going to miss that pain. You're going to miss the obsession with the pain that you had about her. And this is the same way. Every day you wake up, as Commander Danny, Lieutenant Commander Danny, you're a little further away from Redskins. Your issue with it, I think, is that it's not Redskins. No. My issue with it is that it's bad. It's a poorly drawn generic name, and I see through it. You you could have done something that would have made people happy, like Red Wolves, for example. But like we can't bother with the Timberwolves. They're too intimidating while they win 37 games. Pony up the dough, you wuss, and get it done. But nobody wanted that. You should be the Hogs. You should be... Uh, Red Wolves, you should be anything other than this generic crap that they trotted out there. Here's my counter to that. I'm used to the Wizards being the name of a team. Still sucks, by the way. Never should have changed it. It's a terrible name for a team. I'm used to the terribleness. Can still sit there objectively and tell my friend Grant that it's a bad name. Commanders, bad name. But you will wear Wizards gear. You will go to Wizards games. Mm -hmm. You will, like, you have gotten past your initial annoyance is all I'm saying. You're... Fervor and your passion for not liking it mm. is lesser today than it used to be because That's fair. time has healed some wounds. Yeah, I, I'm I'm used to the dumb thing. It's and my dumb you, thing. And that's all I'm saying. This, I'm not I, saying yeah. it'll get to be a good thing. I'm just saying, unless an owner comes in here and changes the name, which I would do. Please for do record, immediately. I would absolutely do that. Mr. Bezos, please do it. Mr. Fertita, Mr. Furtada, Mr. Bezos. Yosh Harris, change it. Josh Harris, anybody else? Change it. You'll get used to the dumb thing. That's all I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it'll become part of the furniture. But while I'm here, just letting everyone know it's dumb. Defenders, good. So this, this dumb. This, uh, this was a little bit of a sidetrack. Yeah. The only reason I even brought up the XFL and the Defenders was they have their fourth and 15 in lieu of an onside kick. The Philadelphia Eagles have once again brought forward the idea of getting rid of the onside kick in lieu of a fourth and 15 play. 
It'll never pass, but they it's correct. do in the XFL. Supposedly, according to Diana Rossini of ESPN, there's growing support for it in the NFL. Do you think we'll see it? Not this year, but ever. Not this year, but absolutely. There's you can't keep doing the onside kick as you do it. It's bad, and everybody knows it. It it it, it is irrelevant. It, it it you you can't succeed getting onside kicks at a rate beyond single percentage points. I always ask, what is the stated goal? And what I mean by that is, if the stated goal is to have more close games, more games come down to the wire, more competitive for longer, then you change this rule. Because it used to be the surprise onside kick or a regular onside kick had some chance. It's now, I don't remember what the numbers were, but I think three were recovered all year long out of 50-some. That's not a good enough percentage. That's like why they changed the extra point. That's why they made these moves. You do this to encourage comebacks. I'm all in favor of Fourth and 15 play. Get with me here, people. Come on. Instead of the onside kick, which gets recovered almost never now because they have probably correctly changed a lot of the rules to keep players safe. It was a dangerous, reckless play with collisions and guys flying into helmet-to-helmet, sitting ducks trying to get down on their knees and recover a ball. We could have a football play where you line up, you have to get 15 yards. If If you do, your drive starts wherever you're tackled, beyond 15 yards. If you don't, you don't get the ball, the defense takes over. This is fun. This is football. This is offense. This is defense. It's strategy. It has worked in the XFL. Steal the things that work for the league that is superior. That's what we should be doing. All right, I've pitched the idea that I think how bad the Wentz transaction went, he was released within the last hour by the commanders, should prohibit them from being able to go pick a new quarterback this offseason. I'm team go forward with Sam Howell for a lot of reasons specifically because I want a quarterback on a rookie contract and I'm going to kick the tires on him first because he's already in my building. Mm -hmm. But I don't want this group, whoever was involved in the Wentz transaction, to get to pick another veteran or draft a quarterback. Does anyone else agree with that or do you think that's overstated and and, uh, a bridge too far? Let's go to JaVel and Culpepper. Hey, JaVel. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's up, buddy? Good. Um, Hey, as far as the quarterback situation, um, I feel that you have to look at everything differently, and I think the team tried, but just because you tried and you failed doesn't mean you stopped trying. Um, uh, Fitzpatrick didn't go as planned. Uh, Alex Smith didn't go as planned. Carson Wentz's past season didn't go as planned, but the team tried. Um, so I, I don't feel that you should stop trying. Um, and, and in my opinion, there's quarterbacks out there who are available, and I know nobody wants to spend money. But if we can get a quarterback that can put us on the Super Bowl trajectory within the next two or three years, you should do it. Um, I know that Green Bay doesn't want to trade Aaron Rodgers to an NFC team. If you could give it, get Aaron Rodgers, I'd give three first-round draft picks without hesitation because if you were to win one Super Bowl in those three years, it'd be worth it. The but Ravens, to your point, JaVale, I think it's a really good call. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, bud. Alex Smith was a massive success compared to what they just got out of Carson Wentz. Massive success. And if not for the broken leg, who knows how that would have ended. But this group, you look at the quarterbacks they've chosen. They traded a pretty decent draft pick for Kyle Allen. Now, no longer here. Was probably the best quarterback they had at the time that he was here, and he couldn't stay healthy either. But they traded a fifth-round pick for him. That's what they just used on Sam Howell as Uh an example. Uh, They mishandled Haskins, you could make the case. Starting, not starting, starting, not starting. We're not competing. We're competing. It was all very We're not going to try to win the Arizona game, but we sort of are. Now, weird. I happen to believe that, and, and I hate saying this now to, about the late Dwayne Haskins, which is tragic. My goal is, is not to run him down no longer here, but 
I don't think it would have worked at all with any coaching staff here or them handling him correctly or anywhere else. But it doesn't mean it wasn't handled right or wrong. Exactly yeah. right. It, it doesn't mean that, th- that they handled him well. They went and got Fitzpatrick. Exploded in their face. More evidence before Wentz of them not really being able to do this. By the way, the idea, he's like, well, he got hurt. He was 40. Like, that was the plan, was this guy who's really, really old, who's gotten hurt plenty in his career and is now a backup, playing 17 games for you without we'll that. a good plan behind him? I just feel like they've had their shots at quarterback. So, Sam Howell, their guy, is their their last stop. And in the meantime, you get to go sign a backup on the cheap like a Jacoby Brissett or somebody to be in the building with him. What do you guys think? 800-636-1067. You're just getting tuned in today. Carson Wentz has been released by the Commanders. What does this mean for this group getting to pick a quarterback moving forward? A big, fat L on the ledger after the move that they decided to make a year ago this week at the Combine. We're Grant and Danny. And they've played their asses off. They have. They play their asses off for everybody. They come out and they show up. They work hard. All right. They don't complain. Okay. They hear all this stuff and they got to deal with it. I get that. And I respect them for that because they're resilient. They come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I don't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm the guy that pulled out the sheets of paper, that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the freaking when we were at Indianapolis. Okay. And that's what pisses me off. Because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. I'm sorry, I'm done. Ron Rivera talking Carson Wentz. The era, one and done, is over. Final game for Wentz. He got that last shot against the Browns through three interceptions in a loss. Washington was eliminated that night from playoff contention after the setback in Week 17. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan Look, the transaction as it'll go down is brutal. Not only because the team went 2-5 and five in his seven starts, there was an injury in there, you went and got a quarterback you paid a ton of money to and traded draft picks for, and he wasn't decidedly better than the holdover on the roster who you were desperately trying to move on from. That's all bad. But you look at what else happened at quarterback, right? They went out and traded... For Carson Wentz, who the Colts were going to cut. We have found that out. That was reported at the time, and the Colts have all but confirmed it. They gave up a two and a three for him. It turned into a three and a three because he didn't play as much as he was supposed to. And they paid all of the money on his remaining contract. One year and $28 million if they would have had him on the roster moving forward. They would have had to pay, obviously, the rest of it as well. They've chosen not to do that. But you look at some of the things that have happened since, Danny. Yep. Matt Ryan better career than Carson Wentz, was traded for a third-round pick. That's one third-round pick less, and that wasn't a, a deal where the team that got him took on all the money. The Baker Mayfield trade, to me, stands out. Former first-round pick was traded for a 2024 conditional fifth-round pick, and the team that traded the fifth, again, not a two and a three, but a five, paid very little of his salary. So you just start comparing this. You see what Mariota and Trubisky, who got 2-14, and 14, got on the open market who would have been available and what they would have given you compared to Wentz. The fact that Andy Dalton and Jacoby Brissett played much better 
you know, acquired last year on the market for peanuts. There's just no way. Now it's hindsight becoming wisdom. It's revisionist history, but that's a loss. Yeah, but it's but it's their job to see that first. There are highly compensated professionals who need to be at the forefront of that. If you're going to go all in, you you held your chips close to the chest for years, and you decided here's the time we're going to go commit, and it blew up in your face, and you could have spent a lot less and got the similar production. Nobody's sitting here telling you that the Baker Mayfield trade worked out or that Matt Ryan was a godsend for the Colts. Colts don't look very good this whole thing either. They've Two straight years they've gone in on veteran quarterbacks that are probably broken, and it blew up in their face, and they're going to be picking really high this year because of it. But the point is, they they committed so much, they didn't draft anybody for three years. They cut, then they waited, waited, waited. Finally, they said, okay, now we're ready. We're all in on this guy, and it was as disastrous as those other moves, and it cost them the most. That's the part that's uh, that's hard to swallow. Yeah, it's a batting average business, as I like to say. Like, I never kill a team for getting any one thing wrong because nobody hits a 1,000 when it comes to player acquisitions. In fact, you probably want to be over 500 at the plate in this business, and you can feel pretty good. The goal, though, is to avoid the catastrophic at bat. It's to avoid the disastrous outcome. This one, it's weighted. This one's bigger, and they got it pretty glaringly wrong. Disco's in Laurel. Does this give you lesser confidence in this group to play the quarterback game moving forward? Well, you know, uh, Grand Danny, good afternoon. Hey, I think, um, and this is something that uh, Danny has harped on, I think, you know, Ron has been the victim of his own lack of urgency. Um, you know, some teams decide to go out and get their QB when you first start your tenure. And, you know, I've heard you, you know, talk a lot, Danny, about um, – um, the kid from um, San Diego that's uh, that's escaping me that Herbert. they could have drafted. They're Justin Herbert. Uh-huh. But to your point, let me say this. No, it doesn't disparage me from drafting a quarterback in the future because here's the thing. If you look at their drafts in totality, they've been pretty good at drafting and finding talent in the draft. Free agency, no way. So am I down on them drafting a the quarterback? No, because if you really think about it and you're honest – They've done a pretty decent job in the draft. But a point that you guys haven't mentioned, Grant and Danny, is that they were in contract extension talks with Terry McLaurin. And Terry McLaurin came out and said that the move to get Wentz is one of the reasons why he decided to re-sign. So I get it. It was a big whiff, but they were able to secure one of their best players over the long haul. That's a nice thing to say, Disco. I don't believe that, to be completely honest with you. I mean, maybe if you gave him some truth serum, maybe he'd stick to that. I don't think that going and getting a quarterback he had no affiliation with at the time who had played for two teams in the last two years, not at a particularly high level, was the difference between him wanting to hit the market or not. To your point, though, separating that I don't really buy what he's selling on that. I think he was staying here regardless if they paid him what he wanted, and they did, so kudos to them. I do believe that they felt like they had to upgrade. I agree with them. Mm. I was the one screaming, don't do Taylor Heineke again. Try something, do something. They tried something. They just tried wrong. And to Disco's point, they have drafted pretty well, I would say. They're, they they found some gems. Everyone from you know Cam Curl to Derek Forrest to uh, you know some of the others that have kind of become staples here. But they haven't drafted a quarterback. And the point here is about them picking a quarterback. I don't want them to spend another dime, another resource. Now, if it ends up that they picked... Correctly, and Sam Howley turns into a star. 
kudos, congratulations. You you know you, you stubbed your toe into somebody that that solved all your problems. But I don't want them to 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 commit to anything that's going to be here beyond their regime. If that makes sense. Yeah, I would also say most of their hits that we feel real good about in the draft are mid to late round picks, mm-hmm. which is a skill. I mean, that's great. And yeah, that's I, I agree on the, on the whole. They have drafted well. I, I will agree with that. But Chase Young at number two overall is not a win right now. Uh, the only the other top two round picks, Jamin Davis at number nineteen overall, is not a win by any means. That's a loss at this moment. He's an NFL player now, which is good. He got better last year. He'll never look like he should, in my opinion, as a mid first round pick. Uh, Sam Cosme is a second round pick who they're going to have to change from a tackle to a guard this offseason, probably. I'm not sure that's a win either. Uh, Jahan Dotson was a home run in the first round last year. And we don't really know about Fidarian Mathis, their second-round pick, because he got hurt, got hurt right away. But while you can say they've done a pretty good job in the draft, and I think that's true, I would just point out that the early rounds have not been their strength. And until Dotson, they'd really struggled with their early picks as a regime here. 800-636-1067 is the number. Do you still trust this group? to find you a quarterback if they plan on doing that. Do you like them to get this right at some point at that position after swinging and missing on Wentz and some of the other quarterback decisions that they've made that haven't worked out? We're Grant and Danny on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 